Welcome to the beautiful city of Campbell River in our Modern Entrepreneur podcast series at the 50th Parallel. That's me. You've got questions, we've got experts. Let's find answers. Welcome to another edition of the Modern Entrepreneur at the 50th Parallel. I'm here today with my guest, George Lambert, founder of Timar Industries Limited in Campbell River. Welcome, George. And George, I have been looking forward to this interview all week since I tried to rope you into it at the TLA last week. Uh, thanks for joining us. First of all, let's start off by giving us a high-level synopsis of what is Timar Industries. Well, Timar is a uh, manufacturing company that is in the industrial park in Campbell River. Uh, it's also an engineering company. We have an engineering department. Uh, staffed with four mechanical engineers. We design and build all of our own products and uh, we sell them internationally and uh, most of them are forestry related. And is there something behind the name TMAR? What does it stand for? TMAR. Oh, <laughs> no <laughs> hidden secret. <laughs> so how many people does TMAR employ? We generally have a staff of about 45 uh, they're highly skilled, uh, highly trained, and um, really kind of top in their field. Nice. So we are going to talk about Timor, and we're going to talk about your experience as an entrepreneur. Um, thinking back, when you think of your original vision of the company, and, and maybe you want to speak a little bit about how did you come to form a company, uh, Timor, does your original vision of the company line up with how it's operating today? What's a, Give us a bit of history. Well, I said, it kind of does in the sense that I was working here in Campbell River at Promac Industries, which is a machine shop located in, and they had three different branches, one in Campbell, one in Port Alberni, and then one in Duncan. The Duncan uh, branch still runs today and Campbell River does not. Um, and I and my neighbor decided that we would start our own machine shop. And because we didn't know anything about business, we didn't think it could be that hard to do, and uh, so we did. So we opened a small shop on Robinson Road next to uh, Raven Lumber and uh, started doing some work. And at that time, we were just going to service, you know, the sawmill industry and logging industry and do what we already were familiar with. But the first winter we were in business, Garth Dugan from Dugan Logging came to us and asked if we were interested in doing a rebuild on one of his grapple yarders. And uh, of course we were. So uh, the machine arrived, uh, neither Gordon nor I knew what it was. And uh, somehow we worked our way through that and we became enthralled with uh, this complex and unique machine and uh, just been working on them and derivatives of them ever since. So that's awesome. You had no business background and even the equipment you were faced with was new to you, but but you made a business out of it and a successful business out of it. What's one thing that you're in your business that you did not expect? I didn't expect it to be as difficult as it has been. And I was not prepared for the HR issue that comes with a business and managing employees and motivating people and dealing with customers and so on and so forth. That was a, that was something that took a lot of learning. 
George, that's an interesting comment because, of course, later on I was going to talk about kind of workforce here in economic development. We hear from our businesses that that's one of the biggest challenges, finding and keeping employees today. Um, and I know that's a little bit different than what you've just mentioned now, but is that a challenge for TMR today? It's a challenge for every business today is to attract people and uh, it's a challenge for companies to retain people. Uh, we've had a very good track record with retaining people overall. Uh, our seniority list is pretty long, but getting people to move to Campbell River, especially people who are highly skilled, is not easy. Like you can see that in the medical profession, there's challenges around it and there is in our field too. But Campbell River is a wonderful community. So once people see it for what it is, they do want to stay. And so that's a plus because that helps on the retention side. You know, if you treat people well, give them a good job, pay them appropriately, then they want to stay here in this community, just like I do. Yeah, for sure. And so that's some of your secret. I was going to ask you, like, what are some of the tips that you have for um, having a good place to work that people want to work? Well, I mean, first and foremost, uh, treat people uh, respectfully and make them, you know, want to work where they are. Work is work. And that, you know, it's not always fun every day. But, you know, if you can understand that and try and support people, that's always a benefit. You know, try and be a bit flexible. Uh, we've noticed a really big change in that over the over the years, especially since COVID. Flexibility has become a big issue for people in their jobs. And um, it's not not necessarily a bad thing. It's just everybody has to be reasonable about it. Of course, you know, pay people appropriately. You don't have to be the top, but you don't have to be the bottom either. <laughs> so, you know, it, it, groceries are expensive, so you need to treat people right. All right. Okay. So steep slope logging equipment, design and manufacturing is your specialty. Yep. And so describe that a little bit. And where's your biggest market? You talked about an international market. Okay. So first off, what is steep slope logging equipment? The coast of British Columbia developed some fairly unique machines because of our topography. And that topography can be applied in British Columbia, Alaska a little bit, Washington, Oregon, Northern California, New Zealand, and some places like Chile and some parts of Europe. So it's areas where track machines are perhaps past what they're capable of doing, but you know, where the ground gets too steep for that. So we use cable operated machines to forward logs from the stump to the road, basically. They're called yarders and various forms of them have developed over the last hundred years. They started being used right here in this area with the earliest logging, uh, which was done off of the water and they were steam donkeys. And then, you know, they grow into more and more elaborate machines. The modern grapple yarder is a BC invention and that has been the design that has been settled upon by the industry, I'd say. We had a lot of experience with that machine in the rebuilding and remanufacturing business that we'd done for many, many years. And so uh, about 12 years ago, we decided to start a new design of our own because our engineering department, the people, the personnel were, you know, getting sort of towards the end of their careers. And I thought that if we didn't do it now, we would maybe not have the skill sets to do a design in the future. So we did. And we designed a machine 
and we've been very successful with it and we've sold it into the United States, into British Columbia and into New Zealand um, quite successfully. So the first time I heard you speak was actually on a panel I think, with the Chamber of Commerce at an event. And I was actually intrigued by the amount of innovation and technology, and you've just talked about that, that Timar has injected into the forest industry. How do you foster that creative thinking at Timar? Well, a little bit comes from me where, you know, I'm a a little bit of a creative person. I'm more creative than I am disciplined, much to my accountant's chagrin. But and, and we have always had some pretty creative minds around the company. Our engineering departments had several very, very creative people in it. But we've also talked to an awful lot of our end users who have some very creative people on their staffs. And so a lot of the very best ideas actually come out of the field. And talking to them about well, if only it would do this. And then you go home and think about it and go, well, why can't it do that? You know, what's what's in our way? And then we kind of throw that around and then uh, develop some stuff. So we've come up with all kinds of really interesting stuff, uh, remote control equipment and some pretty haywire things. But uh, we've come up with some very, very good ideas too. So you have an international market. Do you, are, you, are there a lot of competitors in this field? Not a lot, but there are competitors and they're very capable. So that's good. Keeps us on our toes. And I think we keep them on their toes and keep driving the equipment forward and making it better. But uh, interestingly, our biggest competitor in the yarder field is also a Canadian company out of Victoria. So, uh, and that's Asmodel and they've been around for a long, long time. So that is interesting. All right. So we were both at the TLA forum last week and we've definitely heard there's tough times in forestry today you've been in the business for a long time and i've been doing some reading even just the last few days is this a cyclical downturn do you think that more innovation and use of technology will be employed to sustain and grow this i mean it's a vital part of bc's economy that is a really interesting question because it it has been cyclical but the cycle seems to be different now there's a lot of pressures that were not just market pressures that we've seen in the past. In the past, it's been the market's good, the market's bad, the market's good, the market's bad, right? And everybody assumed that it'll just come back when the market improved. Now we see a lot of environmental concerns. We've had fire in the province, which has destroyed a lot of timber. We've had bugs that have destroyed a lot of timber. We've had a lot of the timber supply go out of the allowable annual cut into things like parks and protected areas. So there's many, many, many more uh, pressures on the timber supply for what people want to do with it. That being said, there's also a change going on and it's very much environmentally driven where people want to use more wood as a product because alternatives are not environmentally friendly. You know, concrete and steel are not as friendly, plastic is not as friendly, and so on and so forth. So you've got these two competing forces going on that to me say that the forest industry has probably got a good future, but it's probably different. And we will have to develop technologies that will be allow us to make a better 
more efficient use of the forest industry, but we're also probably going to have to take care of the land more carefully and you know do a better job of the quote farming part of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, thanks. That's a great answer, I think. Um, okay, we've talked about challenges in the industry and other challenges as an entrepreneur. Other thing we hear quite a bit is the challenge in su- supply chain. Has that impacted your business? Supply chain has been really, really tough for the last two years, maybe two and a half years. It seems to be getting a little bit better. How are you tackling that? Oh, it's it's a, it's a bear. Like... Yeah. Some things you have to order more than you probably need right away so that you've got it on hand because the lead times are so long. You know, in some cases, we've just had to figure out ways to build the parts ourselves. And so we've invested in some very high-tech equipment to allow us to be able to do that. We just can't get it. And so that's given us some more depth as a manufacturer, but it's uh, coming a, a bit of a price of, you know, Right, you're using your creativity and, again, innovation to make it happen, right? Yeah. A few years ago, we made a decision to, rather than outsource stuff, that we would invest in equipment so that we could build it ourselves here. And that proved to be a very, very good decision once the supply chain problem started because we did have the ability and we had the tooling. But we invested a lot of money in making that work. All right. So you've been an entrepreneur for some time. Did you always want to be an entrepreneur? Well, that's, uh, I don't think I even thought about it. I just uh, woke up in the morning and there was stuff I wanted to do and I just went and did it. <laughs> I think I just was one. I don't think I really thought about uh, wanting to be yeah. one. Yeah, that's a good answer. Well, so looking back then, what's one lesson you've learned that you think everyone should learn at some point in their life? And maybe it's related to entrepreneurship or just life's lessons? Well, you've probably heard this from a number of people, a number of ways, but if there's something you want to do, just go do it. You probably can figure out a way to get it done. And people can tell you that you can't do something. Well, then the first question is, well, why can't I do something? I think it's, people should just have the confidence that they can go and figure it out and just go ahead and do it and learn. Mm-hmm. Plus today you can watch a YouTube to help you do that too, right? And you know, there's nothing wrong with that. <laughs> no, nope. like, yeah. that's just a different kind of education, but you're right. <laughs> so what has been one of your most satisfying moments as an entrepreneur or business owner? Well, there's there's been a few times, but I would say that uh, when we completed a successful new design product that we had spent years working on and it rolled out the door and we went and started it and watched it work and it worked the way we thought it was going to work. I think that was probably one of the best feelings I've had. Going A lot of pride. There were so many people worked on it. There was so much time and effort had gone into it. And, um, you know, we'd taken a fair bit of risk in doing it, but, you know, we believed in ourselves and uh, we didn't expect to fail, but to see it performing and, you know, to get people say that that is really something that that was pretty good. Yeah, that's cool. So do you have any advice for people who are um, in business, like any advice on how to be a better entrepreneur or business owner? owner? I would say that, it you know, you do have to be fiscally careful. So don't, overstep what you can do it's good to push the envelope but don't push it to the point that it breaks i've seen lots of people make that mistake 
You know, I've got three little simple rules of business that I follow, and they're pretty, pretty basic. But uh, the first one is that do something you know how to do. A lot of people go chasing rainbows, and they don't really know how to do that. That doesn't always work out well. The second one is try to make money every day. You don't have to make a fortune every day, but you can't operate in the red for very long. So you have to you have to have a, a company that is fiscally sound so that you can pay your bills and pay your people and, and so on and so forth. And the last one has been that the only thing worse than not having any work is work that you don't get paid for. So that means don't go extending credit to people that can't pay their bills. Like be prudent about that because if you, if you don't run a financially responsible business, you won't be running any business at all. And then you can't be an entrepreneur. That is great advice. So we're at the point in our podcast um, where I'm going to ask you some fun questions. Ladies and gentlemen, it's time for Rapid Fire. George, what was your first job? Oh, uh, my first job was working in North Vancouver in a camper factory, a factory where we made campers for pickup trucks. I was, I don't think I was even out of high school. I think I was still in high school at the time. And if you were not doing your current job, what would you be doing? Jeez, I don't know. Uh... Playing in a band? <laughs> well, actually, yeah, I did have a career in music before I came up to Campbell River. And actually, that's how I got to Campbell River was um, I had uh, developed a career as a sound man working in the rock and roll industry. And uh, we were hired to come up here and do the sound for a festival that was happening at Saratoga Speedway. And my ex-wife and I came up here camping and thought, Jesus, this is a nice place to live. I thought, well, I could live here because I have to get in an airplane to go to work anyway. So what's the difference here in Vancouver? So we bought a place in Black Creek and that's how I ended up here. That's fun because that was my next question. What was your connection to Campbell River? But you've answered that. Yeah, I came up here to go camping and, uh, had, and I liked it so much I stayed. Awesome. Uh, finish this sentence. A modern entrepreneur is fearless. And what is something no entrepreneur should be without? Uh, confidence. George, I have loved our interview today. I am sure I'm going to have you back again. We'll talk a bit more about your rock and roll career. <laughs> thanks for joining us today. Okay, thank you. Thanks for joining us on the Modern Entrepreneur podcast series. For more information and to hear more, visit campbellriver.ca.